0: Welcome to Stories of Hope, brought to you by our friends at Hope 150. Stories of Hope features testimonies from around our country of the many ways God has given beauty for ashes and peace for despair. Tell us your story. Stories of Hope at Hope150.ca. All right, well, today we're going to be sharing hope that comes out of an addiction treatment program, a ministry by the name of um, Rock Solid Refuge. It's a one-year Bible-based program for uh, teens 13 to 18 years of age struggling with life-controlling issues such as uh, substance abuse, pornography, uh, even challenging behavior. And with us today, uh, the Executive Director, Dallas Block, of Rock Solid Refuge. I'm glad you could join us today.
1: Hey, how are you doing today? It's good to
0: be with you. Awesome. Hey, I want to welcome you to Stories of Hope and to us here at The Light. And we know that you're uh, also airing some commercials on our sister station, uh, Shine FM. Uh, To get the word out about Rock Solid Refuge, um, you you guys are over in Shaunavan, Saskatchewan. I got to be honest, I had to look it up on a map. (laughs) Uh, I wonder if it's a place that even people in Saskatchewan might have to look up on a map. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, some do, um, but we have a few claims to fame down here. I mean, our students that come when they get driven up here, uh, they believe they've come to the middle of nowhere or the closest to that uh, as possible. But, I mean, some uh, great hockey players have come out of uh, here. Braden Colburn, who still currently is in the NHL. Uh, Haley Wickenheiser, our skating rink is named after her. Um, and, and others, uh, the Hunter family is from here, the Hunter Brothers uh, music, music band. Uh, is also from Shonovan, Saskatchewan, and so they are a bit of our claim to fame here as well. So uh, Shonovan's known to some in some circles, but uh, to others, um, where it is, yeah, that's a mystery to a lot of people, though,
0: actually. (laughs) Well, let's just say between Medicine Hat and Regina, a little bit south of of Gold Lake, and um, a beautiful country Uh, here on the prairies. Calgary, we count ourselves part of that. And so we're looking forward to talking to you about your ministry, and how it's affecting these lives of of male youth. And so, uh, again, glad to be here. I'm going to read your mission. I I read it on your uh, webpage, to bring God's transforming love to adolescents struggling with life-controlling issues, that they may know freedom, restoration, and hope. And so, you know, I I thought we could get right into it. Like, like how big of a problem are you tackling, um, you know, with the youth? Like, how prevalent is addiction in the youth here in the prairies?
1: Uh, it's it's very significant. Um, when we started this ministry back in uh, 2005 and, and beyond that, uh, I mean we knew personally uh, some people that were struggling with addictions, and really the inspiration for uh, our Rock Solid Refuge program was a 16-year-old who got caught up in crystal meth, and he was from Shonovan. Um, and Shonovan's less than 2,000 people. That's how small the community is here. And as we started the program, we had students coming from... Um, large centers, but also from small centers. And that's really what's in the Prairie Provinces. And so the issue is pervasive. In fact, um, drug dealers and drug problems uh, are indiscriminate as far as population bases. Uh, it's everywhere.
0: Why, why would you, like, why, from your experience looking at it all, why do you think it's so prevalent right now that there's so much drug abuse and uh, so much addiction?
1: Um, I guess there's lots of different... Um, reasons that it, it kind of comes. Um, and from the student population that we work with, uh, there's quite a few students that we get, uh, even, a, even a reasonably high percentage, that come from some pretty challenging situations, um, some significant brokenness, some significant traumas in their life, um, abuses that have, that have happened or that they've witnessed. Um, and, and those things are, are pretty common in... The applications that we see. Um, sometimes um, students come from some actually really good, clean homes. Um, parents have done their best uh, to to raise their kids right, and uh, they've just come in contact with uh, certain circles of friends, and, and they've just wanted to try a different lifestyle, and they get caught up in it. Um, issues uh, like mental health and, and depression and things like that is is often indiscriminate as well and so when that hits a young person they're trying to navigate how do i figure life out with uh, the reality of this struggle that i'm experiencing and and uh, and often in the teen years they're not sure if anybody else is experiencing it and and they just want relief and and so substances is the place uh, and even pornography is the place uh to go that they go to to try to find some kind of relief, or happiness, or joy, or uh, something that will will make them feel better in some fashion. And so uh, the the root of it is kind of all over the map. Um, As a Christian organization, we definitely recognize that the scriptures teach us that we all have a propensity towards sin, because we're born uh, with that sin nature. And so we don't need all these other factors, although they are factors, um, to go that direction. Uh, We're drawn towards uh, those things um, for all of sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so we recognize that we're all a part of, of the problem, but that God has, has a solution in Jesus Christ that uh, we want to offer indiscriminately as well.
0: Clearly, you state that you use a Christian worldview to help the boys find freedom. What does that mean exactly? Like, how would that differ, for example, from how a secular program would approach helping people dealing with addiction?
1: Yeah, um, we would definitely see ourselves in some senses as, as a hybrid um, kind of treatment program. Um, but at its most foundational level, we do want to be understood. Yes. in in some senses, we definitely, we do use the words re- rehabilitation. We use the word treatment, but we want to make sure that people also, especially in, in the kind of the Christian circles, um, they under people in the Christian circles understand the language of discipleship. So we want people to see us as a discipleship program um, that, uh, Really, everything that we do, we want to we see that through a biblical worldview, through the lens of um, truth and grace, through the lens of law and gospel, these, these great truths of the scriptures that help us to understand who we are under our Creator, who we are um, in our need for um, deliverance from the penalty of sin and from the power of sin, um, and deliverance to a new life. Uh, that is lived not just in our own strength and in, in what we can kind of create for ourselves um, but but what we believe with all of our hearts that God empowers us to and we really believe that that's that's the that's the turning point that's the difference um, between a, a secular approach and a, uh, a Christian approach is that there's an actual power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit that we would we would say that we have as believers um, that Really, um, a secular program definitely has um, good things um, to offer in regards to tools, to overcoming and living clean, um, fellowship of people, um, the AA model. Those are really good things. Um, And and we would practice those things as well, but we would also say um, at the very foundation of it, it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. So um, our daily schedule reflects that. Uh, The guys get up in the morning and they get themselves ready, and, and when they go to breakfast, well, we pray, for, pray over our meals, right? Um, there's chores to do. That just reflects that as, as humans, God has given us responsibility for, for ourselves and for the environment that we live in. Um, before they start their school day, we have a 15, 20-minute devotion time that we all come together, staff and students, and we read a devotional and have a little discussion, and we start our day with that mindset on, on God and His Word, and, and prayer, our dependence on him, um, all of our classroom material for, uh, for education, our independent school, um, is, uh, yes, all of the curriculum that is expected through the Ministry of Education here in Saskatchewan, but all through the lens of a Christian worldview as well. Um, when we do work projects, uh, just recognizing that, hey, we have, um, we have bodies that God has given us to serve, and to do good, and so we need to, we need to, be productive with our time and with our, with the resources that God has given us. Um, when we have free time, and when we have time to do sports and those kinds of things, that we we do that in the context of building character, and um, and and that we would we would honor God with uh, with our time and with our, uh, with our energy and and all that He has given to us. And so we really want it to be that. That um, understanding that it's it's really all in Christ. Um, we have an on-site, um, on-staff, full-time counselor as well, and so um, he's uh, he's just finishing up his master's actually for counseling, and uh, and so he would be a highly qualified counselor, but he's also going to take everything from a Christian worldview, uh, biblical through a biblical lens as he as he works with the guys working through the challenges and the traumas and the struggles and uh, and the future hopes uh, with them as well.
0: So I want to talk about uh, what you referred to, the power. The, the, the power of God is available for these young ones to uh, overcome. And so we would know that power to be the Holy Spirit of God, which he comes in uh, as we are born again. And I would like to know, so you can't impose new life, uh, new spiritual life on these guys, uh, h- how does it work? Like, they come, and do you work towards um, reaching them uh, for new life in Christ uh, right at the beginning, or do you find that you see that happening more at the end? Because you can't say, okay, step one is, okay, you all have to be born again, and it's part of a <laughs> curriculum. I mean, it, it has to be spiritual, a spiritual rebirth. How are you seeing it happening there? Yeah,
1: um, that's an awesome question, So. So there's a sense in which it is actually part of a, a curriculum as far as as um, as far as educating them. So um, a student doesn't have to be a Christian to come to our program. They don't have to be from a Christian family. We've had um, non-Christian families uh, apply for their students to be in our program, and we've accepted them into the program, and we're super excited to work with them. Um, we had a young man that came who, um, you know, if you gave him a Bible and said, can you find the book of Genesis, he wouldn't have understood what you... What you were asking of him, um, and and so we're really excited about that, and we just see it as an opportunity to take a journey for a year uh, with a young man who um, who who doesn't understand, who doesn't yet have a framework um, that he functions with, that is a that is a biblical framework of of understanding the world that he lives in, and so we just take that journey with him. Um, the students do have what, what we call level work, so they have assignments to do that have some some aspects are very specific and tailored to their specific struggle. So, if it's drug addiction, then it's it's this certain track. If it's trauma, it's another track. If it's um, pornography, it's another track. Um, but it's also very specifically through the lens or through scripture passages, uh, Bible study um, components, Bible memorization, um, books to read, uh, and so through the warp and woof of that. We, we want them to come to understand what the um, overarching redemptive story of the Bible is so that they now have the framework to understand it. And, and also we trust that God is the one who also draws their hearts. And so, um, you know, Ezekiel chapter 36 is actually a really important passage to us because in that passage, um, the, the prophet, through the prophet Ezekiel, God just declares very clearly that He comes and He does a specific work in our lives. But if you, if you read Ezekiel 36, verse 22 and following, and then go right into ver- uh, chapter, or sorry, Ezekiel 36, yeah, and then go into chapter 37, where Ezekiel prophesies to the, to the dead bones, we recognize that God has, has made us instruments in His hands, that He has called us to be His voice, um, into the lives of those who need His gospel, and so God is the one who ultimately does the work and draws them and brings them into that, that saving knowledge. But He calls us to be ministers of reconciliation, as it says in Second Corinthians chapter five, and ambassadors on His behalf. Um, God is making His appeal through us, and so and so you know we we don't we don't coerce it per se. We educate and we we seek to draw them. We we communicate with them. We discuss with them. We answer questions for them. Um, and when we see them cross that line, and sometimes it's, it's soon into the program, and sometimes it's, you know, a, a young man last fall kind of crossed that line about eight months into the program and, and just sat down with a couple of staff members and had a few questions answered and then surrendered his life. And then the amazing part, and, and when he would tell his, his testimony, and he, he has shared in some churches that we've shared in, um, when he did share, the thing that amazed him the most was that God actually changed the desires of his heart. And that's that piece where even in Ezekiel chapter 36, um, it, it talks about that God will give us a new heart and, um, and change our desires and put his spirit within us. And so, and so um, as he seen that happening in his own life, it was strange to him to actually experience his desires changing. And so, and so yes, we provide um, a program, we provide a structure, we provide an environment where these truths can come into their lives, sometimes for the first time. Um, but even for those who are familiar, for them, these truths to come into their lives in a new environment, in a, in a fresh way, and in a, in a more practical application, maybe, um, away from all the struggles that they were experiencing back home.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for sharing a little bit about that one boy. I would imagine that you know because God we know God is so good, He's very powerful, He works through his word effectively. So I would imagine that you've seen a lot of success in the lives of the youth who come through. Could you tell us about somebody else who would else who else would stand out to you uh, as something beautiful where they transferred from from death to life and you know got beauty for ashes?
1: Yeah. Um, well, a couple of our current stories are a couple of guys that are actually on staff with us right now who were students of ours um, quite some time ago. And so when, when a, st- a student becomes a staff member, it's a particular joy for us because we've invested so much time and energy and resources and, um, and just so much of our lives in them to see them come full circle and really want to give back to another Generation, so to speak, of uh, of youth that are struggling, are is just really incredible. And so, two of our guys right now came through the program um, a few years ago, and and their struggles were were significant. One significant significant struggle with addictions and substances, um, and um, and and now he has been even while he's been on staff here over the last year, he's been taking other courses to become an addictions counselor and and uh, addictions coach and and so really sees God leading him um, in a long-term career path of helping people uh, through addictions. And, and so there's a particular joy for us in some of those stories that, uh, that, that we see just working alongside of us, even.
0: How many uh, boys do you have with you right now?
1: Uh, we have eight students uh, at this time, and uh, we have uh, applications for more coming in. Um, over the next while. So our capacity right now is 10. Um, we're actually working on opening up four more beds, um, and um, we're hoping that we'll be able to do that within the next two or three months, open up uh, four more beds. We have a, a house on site that we're, gonna, we're working on repurposing so that uh, we can put some more students in there. Um, and, um, and, and I know like people listening to this, they'll, they'll think, wow, that's quite a small group. Um, and that's true. Uh, we're, we feel like we're very effective working with a, a fairly small group. Um, but it isn't all that we believe God wants us to become. We really have a vision for this site, uh, this campus being much more. We're, we're hoping that God will give us the opportunity over the next few years to build several houses here so that the students would live in the houses. Um, and even in that, right now, we're just working with young males um, and we're hoping that God will give us the opportunity to work with teen girls as well. And so we'd have houses for the guys on one part of the campus and houses for the girls on another part of the campus, um, Lord willing. And um, and even at that, we really believe that the need is so great um, in our country that there needs to be multiple campuses uh, like this in other parts of, uh, of Canada. And, I, and I've been in conversation with different people at different times about Um, possibly starting some campuses in other places. And so the passion is out there. Um, We're asking God for the opportunity um, in his timing.
0: Well, and of course, people who especially have a heart for reaching youth who are going through this can learn more when they go to rocksolidrefuge.com. Uh, it's it's a it's a ministry right here in the prairies in Saskatchewan, not far from uh, southeast Alberta. Um, but the location isn't what matters. It's the fact that you can you can have your uh, son or, or, or grandson go there if, or at least apply to go there if they're indeed dealing with this. You can, again, more information, rocksolidrefuge.com. Perfectly consider a... a a donation to their ministry, and uh, we're talking with Dallas Block. He's the executive director of Rock Solid Refuge. Um, on Stories of Hope, Dallas, uh, we love to ask what hope means to the person that we speak with, and so um, Rock Solid Refuge, certainly in the business, if you will, of bringing hope into the lives of these 13 18-year-old males struggling with life-controlling issues. Um, how would Dallas Block define hope uh, for the one who's listening today?
1: Well, one of the one of the very important components of hope is considering the entire family. Um, so young people, yes, there's a sense in which they've lost hope in some senses, but but there's a lot of the guys that come to us that um, they're not really sure they're um, in th- that big of trouble. It's, it's mostly their pro- parents' problem. And so the families, the parents particularly, have, have lost hope in many senses. They've exhausted all the resources that they've been able to find um, in their area and, and that have been available. Um, and, um, you know, it, in, in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, Paul ends that chapter by saying, now these three remain faith, hope, and love, right? And when you think about those three words, faith, hope, and love, and if you can just imagine a, a scenario where those three are just dis- disappearing. Um, so we've done everything we can. We've tried everything. We've given all that we can. And and a lot of times um, in adopted situations that we work with, um, adoptive parents have just poured their lives into this young person. And then things have just turned a- 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 away uh, tremendously. And so... And so it's hard to maintain faith. It's hard to maintain hope. And, and then, you know, as we sometimes say here, um, if you as a parent, and particularly moms, if moms lose their love for, for their boys, for their kids, um, then you're in a serious, serious situation. And so our opportunity here at Rock Solid Refuge is when we have a young person that comes here and the parents bring them here, and there's tears. There's a lot of tears that day. That... That intake day represents so many things. It's such a heartbreaking day because it represents um, a sense of failure for parents. Um, it represents a sense of desperation and um, where you know can we ever regain hope? And and we want to reestablish that sense for for them as a family as as quickly as possible. Um, so as we go through the process of working with the student here at rock solid refuge uh, our counselor also works very directly with the parents as well um, and there's a there's a curriculum a track that the parents work through we also do family camp with the parents in uh, in august and so all the parents come and we we do this time of encouragement teaching training time spent with their with their son um in an environment that um is safe for everyone um because just even being around each other has not been safe anymore. Sometimes physically and but for sure emotionally it's it's not been safe anymore. And so we begin to be able to provide that safe environment even on just basic visits for them to start to rebuild those relationships and to give guidance to both the parents and to and to the young person mm-hmm. on what does this look like to rebuild this relationship? Hey, you realize the effect that you've had on your family and on your parents, right? Do you want that effect to continue? Well, no, I don't. Um, okay, so then you're going to have to trust us and, and allow us to help you um, see how you can you can interact differently with your parents um, so that they can have hope again that, um, that things can move in a new direction. So Hope Restored really has so much to do with kind of the the whole package, the whole picture, not just with the young person that shows up at our door, but with the family that we get to interact with and and, and encourage and be a part of their lives as well.
0: So we're running out of time, Dallas, um, but I want to ask you to... You know, give a message, like one-on-one. Just imagine that there's a mom, there's a dad, or a grandparent, what have you, maybe even a youth who's listening right now. What's a word of encouragement that you would have for a person who may be in that target demographic? Again, whether it's a youth or or in a, and they're caught up in this, you know, life-dominating type of sin, or maybe to the parents of one. Um, what would you want them to know, like on a one-to-one basis right now?
1: Um, when I start a conversation with a parent that calls, um, I... Try to as soon as possible say hey what's your son's name and when they give me that name i want to make sure that that i make that connection that hey this is not just a random phone call to me this is this is a person that has a name that's important to people that's again just beginning that journey that hey we believe at the very foundation of it that there's hope for every young person that is struggling." Um, if it's a young person that I'm, that I'm talking to, a lot of times uh, on that intake day, um, I'll ask questions like, um, hey, where do you see yourself in 10 years? You know, you're 15 years old right now. In 10 years, you're going to be 25. What do you think life will be like? Or what about in 20 years? You'll be 35 years old. What should life be like when you're 35 years old? You know, most 15-year-olds, they can give some really good answers to that. They're like, uh, you know what, probably, probably I'll have a job. Um, maybe be married, maybe even some kids, hopefully i will have a house. I'm like, okay, so, so what does it look like to go from the struggles that you're experiencing right now to go to there? Do you think that if you continue in the same path with the same choices, um, do you think you'll get to the place that you would like to be in when you're 25 and when you're 35? And the obvious answer is no. And, and they, then, then just encouraging them to go, okay, but there's hope, Okay. But we have to take a turn. We have to move in a new direction. The Bible calls that repentance. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That there is a time, and one of our core values uh, is new life. There is a point in our lives when God brings us to that place of new life. But then we have to take a journey. Another core value that we have is called growth. That we take a lifelong journey of growth, um, and the Bible uses the term sanctification. Right, that we have a responsibility now to um, to partner with God in the work that he's doing in us and to believe that that growth can happen throughout our lifetime.
0: Dallas Block, he's the executive director of Rock Solid Refuge in southwest Saskatchewan uh, here on Stories of Hope. And again, uh, if you've joined us late, uh, they are a ministry that—it's uh, a one-year ministry, uh, Bible-based, help— Uh, teenagers, boys, 13 to 18 years of age, struggling with life-controlling issues, substance abuse, pornography, life-challenging behavior, and doing so in the name of Jesus and the power of God. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, again, real briefly, um, for somebody who would like to support, would like to get behind prayerfully and financially, what should they do?
1: Uh, Easiest way is to go to our website, rocksolidrefuge.com. Um, look up how you can get uh, get behind us. One of our programs is called Partner for Change. It's a student sponsorship program. So for $39 a month, you can get a connection with a student. You can write to them and encourage them, tell them that you're praying for them. We'll send you a, a bit of a bio with a picture that you can put up on your fridge so you can remember to pray for them. Um, so that's one key way. Um, you can also give one-time donations on our website. You can also call 306 297 3663 to uh, find out more information about us, um, find out about how to apply for uh, your young person to come here. Um, We're also looking for staff right now in a few different positions, so um, check us out online, get in touch with us if uh, you might happen to be somebody who is looking for an opportunity to be a part of a, a ministry working with young people.
0: Dallas, thanks so much for coming on today.
1: It's been a great uh, a great pleasure to be with you.
0: Thank you for listening to Stories of Hope on AM 700 The Light. Share your story with us. Stories of Hope at hope150.ca.